Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Redacted, the uncensored, unexpurgated, unredacted version. See, because it's unredacted. Unredacted podcast here on Town Hall VIP from Kurt Schlichter. I do not even try to be FCC compliant here, unlike my other podcast, which is Fighting Words, which I do in affiliation with Hugh Hewitt, and I, I attempt to observe the conventions of the Federal Communications Commission. But here, I may say some words that offend people, so if you're a young child or a sissy, you better leave now. Otherwise, let's rock and roll, because we've got a lot to talk about. I could talk, first of all, I'm on my um thing again. I'm really trying not to say um. I'm trying to purge ums from my vocabulary like we must purge never Trump losers from the conservative movement. Let's talk about them first. Did you hear? First of all, uh, I wrote an amazing town hall last Thursday on the never Trump sissies and how they are doubling down on failure. You see, Joe Biden, who's well known for savvy strategy, is putting some of his chips on something called Republicans for Biden. Guess who these guys are, right? Steve Schmidt, Mona Sharon, Bill Crystal. You know, all the people that we care about, all the people that we love, all the people that we say, ahoy, you cruise ship chilling hacks, you pathetic bulwark writing losers, you inanimate objects, you simpering virgins. Gosh, you disgust me on every level. But the, the Washington Post is very excited about this. Oh, oh, here it comes. No, this was the Daily Beast that wrote Republicans for Biden. Daily Beast was very excited. The liberal media is always excited about these cheese weasels, these losers, these gibos who get on MSNBC, CNN and pretend to be Republicans. And that's literally the only reason they get on. I was a Republican. I'm Michael Steele. I was a Republican of relevance about 20 years ago. Uh, and I've been milking it ever since because no one else will pay me a dime to do anything because I suck. My failure is complete. I'm a loser. It's all these, you know, you know, like ex-Bush people. Timothy Miller, he's one of them. He's on Twitter. He's always like, we're better than that. Shut up, you God. David French. You know, David French has his own website. Here, here's some gossip. Okay, this is what I'm gathering. You know that Jonah Goldberg left National Review, and David French left National Review, and um, Mona Charon left National Review. Are you seeing a theme? Because here's the rumor, and I did not get it from anybody on National Review. This is other people. You... The audience, you, the conservatives, you, the people who make this movement happen, have finally asserted your power. Uh, we all ended our subscriptions to Weekly Standard. I just, no, I don't, I, I, I was a charter subscriber. No, I subscribed for years. And then one day I was like, fuck this. And I didn't even go to the website except occasionally to mock them. Or on that one occasion where they wrote the, God, the world's softest hit piece on me. They're like, Kurt Schlechter, big meanie. Kurt Schlechter says, fuck. And he's probably kissed a girl. And he was in the army. Ew! I did read that. I found it fucking hysterical. I'm like, dude, if you're gonna fucking slam me, slam me. God, you're an embarrassment. You're not even fucking men. I don't know what the fuck you are, but it ain't men. So anyway. Anyway, uh, Weekly Standard goes under. Well, National Review um, didn't follow the Bill Crystal model, which is go find a liberal rich guy to underwrite your latest shitty, treacherous endeavor, uh, which is, you know, my understanding of the uh, 
origin of the bulwark, which I have literally never read. They actually wrote a very long article about me once. They uh, uh, and my books, People's Republic, Indian Country, Wildfire and Collapse, which are fantastic, and a ton of people buy them, and everybody loves them, and they got like five star ratings. And the Bulwark guys were mad because people, you know, read my stuff because I'm funny and interesting and I'm popular. And I, again, you know, have an attractive wife. And, and they, they don't have any of those things. Okay, they suck. They are losers. They're nowhere near as good as us here at Town Hall. And um, they suck. And uh, they, they wrote this long thing. It's racist and sexist. I got to tell you, my Hispanic wife, who is an immigrant, is very, was very upset to find that about her husband. But in any case, I didn't even read that article. I like read bits. I started reading. I was like, this is fucking stupid. And I stopped. And that's the closest I ever came to read the bulwark. Do you ever read the bulwark? Come on, you don't read the bulwark. Or David French's The Dispatch. Anyway, these guys who, uh, you know, were at National Review, right? They're not anymore. And why is that? National Review depends on subscribers. It depends on people like you, people like me. And I used to be a subscriber. I used to get National Review. I don't anymore, uh, even though there are some people there I like very much. And there are some people there with quality. And I'm not anti-National Review. I Look, I want to be for it. But I just, you know, I just wasn't getting anything out of it. I think a lot of people saw that. A lot of people were like, okay, well, you know, these guys are great. But I'm not going to subsidize David fucking French, okay? Who was a JAG, which if you're military, that pretty much tells you everything you need to know. Lindsey Graham's also a JAG. So's Ted Lieu. Are you, are we seeing a pattern here? Uh, a, a, a pattern of being a penis with ears, which, you know. I once wrote an article in Infantry Magazine on how to use JAGs. And I was like, I'm a lawyer in civilian life, so I know their games. Here's how not to play it. And my, you know, my thesis statement was essentially, you must break their spirit and bend them to your will. Uh, in any case, David Frank, terrible. Mona Chair, terrible. And the thing is, it, I want to distinguish with the Never Trumpers between them being terrible because their ideas are stupid and demonstrably bad, and them being terrible just because they suck. All right? You can disagree with me. Yes, it's allowed. There are actually never-Trumpers out there who disagree. With, I mean, they all disagree with me, but they're never-Trumpers. I get along fine because I can deal with the mistake of a view. I can take, okay, yeah, I think you're wrong about Trump. I like Trump. Best conservative president since Reagan. Maybe better than Reagan in some ways. Uh, I mean, Reagan, Reagan, yeah, Reagan took down the Russian government, you know, the Russian Communist Party. I mean, that's pretty freaking good, the USSR. That's a pretty high bar, but, you know, Trump's done a lot of a lot of great things. So, I mean, we can disagree about that. And I'm not going to have a fit about that. You know, people disagree with me. I don't give a shit. I'm not a baby. I demand you agree with me. I find it boring to be agreed with all the time, although I am demonstrably right about everything. That's science, but why do you hate science? Greta's got, how dare you? How dare you? Anywho. So, I don't mind if you disagree with me. And there are never Trumpers out there. And I'm not going to name them because, you know, I don't need to get have them get any grief by Kurt liking them as people. But there, there are some out there, big names. People are like, you get along with that guy? Yeah, I've had beers with that guy. He's, he's okay. We just don't talk about, you know, the shit we disagree about. Or if we do, we joke about it. And, you know, because there's a two-part thing. You, to be a, an, an offensive never-Trumper, you have to both be wrong, that is, be a never-Trumper, okay, and you have to be a dick, all right? David French is a dick. 
Okay, he's a dick because he's condescending without any reason to be. He's a guy of literally no significant achievements. Oh, wait, he's litigated a few uh, uh, First Amendment church-state cases. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, you know, a lot of us have litigated, you know, cases that relate to the First Amendment, not necessarily church-state. But okay, I mean, that's not a bad thing. But here's the thing. Here's, here's how much of a penis David French is. He writes about this Kentucky decision where the uh, a, a Trump-appointed judge comes back, federal court judge, and says, hey, you know, mayor of uh, whatever town in Kentucky, you can't tell people not to have religious services. You can't do it. First Amendment says you can't. He did it in very stirring language and forcefully. And David French, you know, if, he, if, if his primary concern was not personal positioning, because that's, that's the root of them being dicks, it suddenly becomes personal, and then they've got to position themselves uh, instead of being genuine. If it wasn't, he'd be like, holy cow, this is a great decision. You know, I will cite it to the extent it can be uh, cited, because not all cases can be cited equally. It's a whole different discussion. I, I, I'm happy the guy came forthright out, and he was unequivocal. You know, you have a right to practice your religion as you see fit. It was a great decision. And French was like, oh, well, it was a little too forceful. A little much. Oh, well, I never. We're better than that. That's not who we are. Pearls, begin clutching. And it's like, you peen. Okay? You, you, you're supposedly for conservative victory. Yeah, you get a conservative victory. And you undermine it. Same thing with Trump. Look, I don't care if you like Trump personally or not. I just say, I don't care. That's your freaking weirdness. That's your malfunction. You go deal with it. Your defect. All right? But, you know, when the military is getting the equipment it needs, when we're pulling out of shitty wars that the Bush sissies and the Obama sissies couldn't win, when we are employing, at least before this whole virus crap, uh, millions of people who'd been left behind by globalism, when we are doing fighting, appointing Trump judges... The never-Trumpers I despise are the ones who aren't happy about it. And they're not happy about it because they didn't do it, and they get no credit for it, and they have no power, and no one returns their phone call. Who the fuck wants to hear from Jonah Goldberg? What's the name of the guy who wants to hear from Jonah Goldberg? Jonah Goldberg exists now solely to be the conservative that hates other conservatives. He literally has nothing else, and that's too bad. The book Liberal Fascism is a terrific book and an important one, and you should still read it because it didn't become untrue just because he decided, oh, well, no one's paying attention to me anymore, so I'm going to take my civil liberties and go home. In the end, here's the thing that gets me about these people. They, they were supposedly fighting for something. But when, it came, but when they had to sacrifice something for that fight, that is, when they had to put up with somebody they didn't like, and when they frankly lost power, because no one at the fucking White House is ever going to return any of their phone calls, they chose themselves. They chose themselves. They chose to withdraw into their little clique of haters because they weren't getting any attention. Man, it used to be all about the conservatism, man. But really, it was about them and their fucking careers. Their shitty little sinecures. I mean, if you're fucking David French and you're 
you know, really defensive about being David French, man, that's fucking pathetic. I mean, you suck. So anyway, Nash Review has shown the door to pretty much all of these. And now there, there are some great ones left. Garrity's great and uh, Andrew McCarthy's great. VDH is still sort of there. He's also at Town Hall. And VDH was getting grief from Jonah, Jonah Goldberg. Like, I, let me say that again. Jonah Goldberg presumed, as I understand it, I, I'm, I'm trying to, I think it was, well, look, I don't want to say it because I'm not sure. I think they got into a fight, but I don't remember the details. And I, you know, I'm unlike them, I'm not going to toss around things that I'm not absolutely sure of. So in any case, I think VDH is still there. He's also with us at Town Hall, which is great because he's a freaking hero. But I mean, Joe Goldberg's gone. Now, I don't know if they left voluntarily. I've heard rumors uh, that it wasn't completely voluntary. Or that was just made clear, you're, you're not really wanted here because we're losing subscribers. People aren't subscribing anymore because you're here dicking up the place, penising up the freaking atmosphere. And this is rumors. Uh, could be true, but I just think it's interesting that all the never-Trumpers are freaking gone, or most of them. There, there are a few hanging out, but they're not as never-Trumpy. But here's the thing. And, you know, I can't believe it. We're, we're being censored. We're not allowed to say what we think. Well... Here's the problem. I get that, but I also get the practical difficulty of if you want to say what you think and what you think is that your readers are assholes and you say that, you're probably going to have fewer readers. I think that's just how it freaking works, okay? I think if your position is, yeah, all the people who are giving me money are jerk-offs and you tell them they're jerk-offs, eventually the people you're telling are jerk-offs are going to say, I'm giving you less money, because I don't really feel like being called a jerk-up, particularly by the likes of you mediocrities. So, anyway. Now, today, Dave Weigel, of course Dave Weigel, in the uh, Washington Post, maybe it was yesterday, came out, and that, that would be Friday, because I'm doing this Saturday, the 16th of uh, May, in my kitchen. There's some olive oil over there. I got a fridge. All the all the stuff happening. You're getting you're getting you're getting unfiltered schlichter here. Uh, anyway, Dave Weigel he does this article, and the article is we're going to have a uh, counter counter Republican convention. They're in a Republican convention, which I hope to go to with Town Hall. Can you imagine this podcast there? Oh, it'd be fucking epic, epic. Anyway. Evan McMullen, let me spoiler, Evan McMullen's behind it. He's going to organize this convention. And all I can think of is, man, I wouldn't want to be the guy loaning him the money. Because they, you know, there are news stories out there that perhaps his campaign did not pay all its debts. So I'm just thinking, okay. But, you know, who who's coming to this? You know, Bill Crystal, Steve Hayes, Jim Swift. Well, I mean, somebody's got to set up the fucking chairs. I mean, it's just, it's just such a, so transparent. Oh yeah. You know, take that Republicans. This fucking gaggle of gibos is going to cluster fuck itself, you know, down the street and get a hundred times more media attention than it's objectively worth simply because they think they're owning the Trump. Fuck. It's pathetic. Speaking of own, I'm, I'm done talking. Ahoy. Ahoy, I am done talking about these guys right now. Because they've now taken up too much of my life. Fucking gibos. 
if you listen to uh, me and Larry O'Connor and Chris DeGaulle on Thursdays at 5 Pacific, 8 Eastern, as VIP Gold members, we, 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 we tend to discuss these guys in there. You know, I'm not saying, I'll say it, habits, you know, preferences about, you know, other men and their wives. I'm not saying, I, you know, I do not know for sure. I'm just suspicious. Uh, anywho, Katie McEnany, Sydney Powell, Rick Grinnell. Guys, we got superstars now. This is great. And I wrote an article uh, that is coming out this uh, this Monday, Monday the 18th, when the day this should be going up. And you should check that out on my regular town hall column. Uh, it's about how there's absolutely no hope for justice. We're never going to see any of these guys go to jail. But we do have hope for the bigger goal, which is winning this whole freaking war. Yeah, we'll lose the battle, we'll win the war. And one of the reasons is after three years, we've got within our movement people who understand the system, people who know how to play the DC game, people who have three and a half years of experience fighting and winning. We're finally getting the traitors out. We're purging. We're still purging them. Just last week, Trump fired an RG over at the State Department, you know, another Obama holdover. Your ass is fired and the media wet itself. And Trump's like, I give a fuck. Get your traitor ass out of here. Slowly but surely. And now we've got these heroes. And, you know, we're at Grinnell, Sidney Powell, Katie McEnany. These people are superstars in kicking ass. Why? Because, folks, they are woke. They understand. They know what time it is. In the words of my friend Liz Sheld, they know what time it is. They get that we're in a fight. We are in a fight for our future. We are in a fight for our freedom against people who want to take both of them, crumple them up, and flush them down the toilet. We are in a fight. And now we've got woke people who know how, who, who A, want to fight back, and B, know how to fight back. Sidney Powell has done more, despite, you know, that, that whole weirdness with the judge. And I don't understand why she hasn't taken a writ to the D.C. Circuit on this issue. I imagine, I imagine she has a good strategy and reason. I don't see it, but I'm going to defer to her. She has done more in getting Flynn exonerated than, than anyone else. I mean, you know, we've, we've got some great, great media people. Molly Hemingway, of course, and Lee Smith and, and others have done great work. But she's like a superstar and she's woke. And Rick Grinnell, of course, is woke AF, he doesn't play, he doesn't care. And he's so smooth and so smart. And he just fights with a stiletto. And by the time you're done tangling with Rick, and because you're liberal, you think you're all smart and you're, you think you're tough and you think you know your way around. And then finally, you figure out you're stumbling along and you got a stiletto in your kidney. And Rick's sitting there going, do dee do dee do, and watching you fall over on your face and cockroach out. And then you got Katie McEnany, the new press secretary, and she's just breaking people. And she's this nice, pretty little gal. And uh, I remember once uh, she, when she's working as a producer at Fox, she uh, she actually sent me an email saying, hey, you want to fly out and be on uh, Huckabee? And I was like, sure. Fly me to New York? Okay. You know, I have a, you know, I have a steak with Arthur Schwartz. And um, that didn't work out. But uh, she went on to bigger and better things, and she's just killing it. And they and they're so condescending because first of all, most of the guys in the uh, White House press corps are completely intimidated talking to a pretty girl, and she just, just like breaks them. And she's like, 
She went to Harvard, and I won't hold that against her. But she's very smart and very tough, and she's always prepared for the shitty questions because they're not, they're not that original. So they'll ask the most obvious, stupid question. They'll think they're smart, and she just breaks them. Here's the problem with a lot of these uh, uh, liberal schmucks. It's the Colbert problem. It's the fact that they have been told by each other that they are so much smarter than everybody else. So they, they, they think they're clever and cunning. And it discombobulates them when they meet someone who is more clever and more cunning. And they just can't react. They just don't know what to do. They just cry. She's mean to me. And it's hilarious. It's hilarious. And the great thing is, all these people, have what they have in common, besides being woke, is they, they, have, they make no apologies. They are down with the movement. They're not ashamed. They're not looking to be popular. They're not looking for love. They're not expecting it. They came in ready to fight. And I think, you know, like Sarah Huckabee Sanders, she was a very nice lady, and I think she was ready to fight. But man, she's, in a lot of ways, I think she was too nice for the job. Because the job is not to give information to press. They're like, your job is to give us information. No, 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 no. The press secretary's job is not to give information. The press secretary's job is to confront the media with a whip and a chair and to break a chair over its fucking head because the media sucks and the media is full of assholes and the media deserves nothing but our contempt. We don't owe them anything. They are not. They, no, they are not. They, the idea that we have to treat the media with respect is based on this lie that the media consists of objective truth tellers who are bringing information to the American people so they can be informed voters. That's all bullshit. And when you're woke, you know it's bullshit. First of all, they're not objective. They are biased. They are totally in for the liberal narrative. B, they are not truth tellers. They will actively lie and cover up stories in order to help their preferred political narrative. They are neither objective nor true terrorists. And they are in, their job is not to provide information to the citizenry so we can be informed voters. Their job, and this is what they see as their job, what they really see, not what they pretend to see, but what they really see. What they really see as their job is to, is to provide a smokescreen to provide a, a, a fog of lies that confuse the citizenry so it cannot coalesce against the pillaging of American institu- of American uh, you know American Republic I almost said democracy but fucking sorry and institutions I almost said institute no nope, no nope, we want those pillaged no what they don't want to do is pillage our constitution what they want to do is destroy our civil rights what they want to do is burn down everything that makes us Americans so that they can take power over a nation of sheep. That's why they've got such a boner for this freaking pandemic thing. They're super excited about it. They're fascinated by the chance to tell us what to do. And they don't want to let it go. No, they they want to. That's my, my hands digging in along the ground as they literally drag, kicking and screaming away from power. They love this shit. Love it. And they never want it to end. And you listen to a guy, well, we're, you know, we're never going back to normal again. What they mean, really means is I'm always going to exercise all this, quote unquote, emergency power. Their new normal 
is total control. Fuck them. Here's what I love. You know, the, 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 the attempts of, remember, our objective truth-telling uh, media that just merely wants to inform citizens coming out going, the number of death, the number of cases is growing in Georgia and Texas. And, you know, it's implied it's because those kind of states have been free, but they don't mention that, oh, we're doing a lot more testing. So, yes, you would discover more cases if you did more testing, you testies. Actually, testies is the last thing I'd call the press. Ah. <sighs> They think we're stupid. They think you're stupid, but we're not. We're woke. We're ready. And now we've got people fighting for us in positions of power. Look, think about it. You know, our enemies in the establishment, the Bushies, that type, the soft cons, the last time they really had systemic power, that is not a few of them sprinkled in the agencies who kind of snuck in as moles into the Trump administration. But, you know, the, the, the meat and potatoes, bushy kind of soft Republicans. It's been 12 years since they had an administrative job. Our people have three years of fresh experience in an entirely new world of social media. And a, a, a five, you know, maybe a two hour news cycle as opposed to a 24, as opposed to a, you know, one week news cycle like in the past. We are massively more qualified to do this gig than our, you know, establishment conservative opponents. And we're slowly winning. We're slowly winnowing them out. But, you know, we got to give some freaking, you know, we got to supercharge some of our uh, Senate folks. You know, poor Tom Tillis in one of the Carolinas, He's, he's getting dragged down by that shithead Burr. Uh, Burr was another of these soft Republicans who allowed the Russiagate lie to go on and on and on. He let Mark Warner run his intelligence commission, his committee in the Senate. Oh, well, I'm just you know, trying to be bipartisan and hands across the table and blah, 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 spunk, spunk. Yeah, fuck you. Now he's got this uh, stock problem, right? He's got this stock thing going on. Who out there wants to stick up for uh, Senator Burr. Anybody? Anybody? Because he didn't stick up for us. He stuck us in the back. Now he's fine. Well, I hope your liberal friends fucking... Oh, wait, they've abandoned you too, you piece of shit. Oh, man, you got no friends left. You fucked your friends and you thought your enemies will be there for you and now they fucked you too. You're getting fucked a lot there, Burr. Piece of shit. So I hope you don't drag Tom Tillis down. And look what's happening in Arizona. Little, you know, tough, tough Senate race. Martha McSally, Air Force fighter pilot, but, you know, she's been uh, she's been flopping around. She's up against gun grabber Mark Kelly. Turns out Mark Kelly's in bed with the freaking Chinese. I mean, not surprising he shares the Chinese view of guns that citizens shouldn't have any. Do you think she's going to be tough enough to clobber that piece of shit for his dalliance with the Chai comms? I hope so. I hope she freaking fillets him. She better... You know, we still got some soft Republicans. We still got some soft ones. But we need to, you know, we can't keep pushing. Got to keep fighting. Got to keep fighting every single day. And you guys keep fighting. If you really want to fight, this is my segue into where I say go pre-order my book, The 21 Biggest Lies About Donald Trump and You. It is coming out July 7th. I want you to go right now to my town hall articles and just order that thing. Pre-order. Get it done. 
So you will get on July 7th. I'm going to be doing a tour. Maybe you'll come and see me. We're going to try and do live events. We may do a cruise in uh, D.C. That will be epic. But go pre-order it. Get my uh, novels, People's Republic, Indian Country, Wildfire, and Collapse. Remember, Bill Crystal called them appalling. Check out my Fighting Words podcast. That comes out on Wednesdays. That one's free. You don't have to be a VIP member. Only you VIP members get this quality kind of podcast, though. That's it's just for you. And uh, read my town hall articles every Monday and Thursday. And a special one for you guys only on Wednesday. That's the VIP one. And then check me and Larry O'Connor and Chris to go out 8 p.m., 5 p.m. Pacific on Thursdays. Uh, we work a little blue. And red, red wine as the case may be. Okay, so that concludes yet another edition of Unredacted, the non-FCC compliant Kurt Schlichter podcast for you, the Town Hall VIP member. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it made sense. I don't write a script. I don't organize things. I just talk for 30 minutes. And if you don't like it, the hell is wrong with you? I will see you next week. Bye-bye.